0: We all have this reserve tank and when we think we're done, we have so much more in us. And he would say three, he called it the 40 percent rule that when, you know, at the first time uh, or indication of pain or discomfort, our brain immediately sends a signal for us to stop because it doesn't want us to get hurt or whatever. But that's really just a tap on the shoulder that we have 60 percent more in us.
1: How do you make business problems disappear? wrap them in bacon for business owners marketing execs and anyone trying to grow your business pump your profits and make more while doing less welcome to bacon wrapped business with brad costanzo sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat profits now here's your host brad costanzo okay that was just a taste of what you're going to hear today on this episode of Bacon Rap Wrap Business. I'm Brad, and that was Jesse Itzler, billionaire, best-selling author, endurance athlete, world-class crazy man, <laughs> you'll see why in a few minutes, and uh, actually a world-class entrepreneur. And we are going to really cover some cool ground in this short but uh, one of my favorite episodes so far. It's not often you get a billionaire to jump on the phone with you and, and chat with you about you know the things that he's done, and before we jump into the full-blown uh, introduction to Jesse, let me tell you about a couple things. First of all, thank you to all my loyal listeners, and welcome to anybody who's brand new. If you're not a subscriber to the show, hit subscribe. We've got a lot, of ton of great content, and every single one of these episodes is with somebody that I have a legitimate curiosity about, and I am, uh, you know, letting you listen in as I pick their brain. And believe me, I try to pick their brain clean for very selfish reasons. That being said, I want to uh, let you know about, or actually unveil, a uh, cool but secretive project that I've been alluding to on the show, and it is officially live. And that is our official new sponsor of Bacon Wrap Business, is Stiletto Coffee. You go to stilettocoffee.com, you'll see what it's all about. And I have a very soft spot for the founder of this company. Her name is Kenya Costanzo. You may recognize the last name. Yes, it is my wife. And the day we got back from our honeymoon, she had this idea, and we have since made it happen. She has been an amazing uh, student and entrepreneur the entire way, and she's really inspired me by what she's done. And I've been with her every step of the way, helping, and we are building this brand of coffee that is for driven women with exquisite class and a touch of sass. So I invite you to uh, any of my lady listeners, go over and uh, check out StilettoCoffee.com. I think you'll absolutely love what you see. Take a look at the branding. Uh, all of my uh, you know, business and marketing students, take a close look at everything we are doing. And by the way, I'm going to be doing some very other special training and case studies on this and how we built this, but you have to be on my newsletter to do that. So if you're not on my newsletter, simply go over to baconwrapbusiness.com, there's a link right there to subscribe, or shoot me an email to askbrad at baconwrapbusiness.com. Just use the um, subject line newsletter and I'll make sure I add you, that's askbrad at baconwrapbusiness.com. What's really cool about this is that yes, the coffee is for the women, but Fellas, you're going to, um, I mean, Valentine's Day is really just right around the corner, and I'm going to tell you, this makes the absolute perfect gift. It comes gift-wrapped in a uh, black satin gift bag. I think you'll love it. I could go on for days about it. All the information is over on the blog. I'm sorry, on the site, stilettocoffee.com. And since you're a listener to the show, if you use the coupon code BACON, obviously. What else would I use? BACON at checkout, you'll get 25% off. So go to stilettocoffee.com and then shoot me some emails with any questions you have about it. We're going to go deep into this here real soon. And it's obviously going to be the official sponsor of Bacon Wrap Business. Okay, let's get to today's guest, Jesse Itzler. So I was first introduced to Jesse... about 5 weeks ago when a friend of mine recommended that I read his book Living with a Seal 31 days training with the toughest man on the planet where the author decided to get out of his comfort zone and hire a Navy SEAL to live with he and his wife and child for 31 days and just put them through the the, or put him through the ringer. It's a very inspirational book, very motivational, and it's about much more than just beating yourself down physically. It is uh as much of a business book as it is a book about life and discipline and determination. Uh, I didn't realize this at the time, but Jesse is also a very impressive serial entrepreneur who has done everything from talk his way into a record deal by pretending to, to be somebody he's not. He in essence, he created an industry called Sports Music. He then co-founded Marquee Jet and sold it to Warren Buffett and NetJets. He then co-founded Zico Coconut Water. Maybe you've tried that before. Before he sold it to Coca-Cola. He married Spanx CEO Sarah Blakely and... Who is also the world's youngest female billionaire? This summer, they just purchased the Atlanta Hawks basketball team. And today, he's talking to you and me. One of the things I like most about Jesse is his down to earth, uh, one of the guys' persona. I listened to the audiobook, and I, the entire time, I was just like, man, I, I really just want to kind of hang out with this guy. I want to meet him. He seems like somebody I. You know, who would go get a beer with me? Uh, There's no pretension about him. So I was thrilled when I reached out to him and invited him to be on the show, and he said yes, and I was thrilled to be able to bring you the interview. Now, I do have to tell you, it gets a little bit crackly or fuzzy uh, kind of around the end of it. We were having a little bit of Skype internet issues, but you can still get it. I've edited out any of the bad parts, but please enjoy uh, Jesse Itzler on Bacon Wrap Business. All right, so Jesse, welcome to the show, man. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Brad. Man, I appreciate you thinking of me, dude. It it was funny. So, I, uh, a friend of mine. This is how you know we met. A friend of mine at O'Keefe said he was interviewing you uh, on his show, and I just kind of commented on <laughs> the Facebook comment, and, and you saw that, and I was I was really excited to to hear that uh, you you would come on the show because I was literally just that day I had finished your book, Living with a Seal. And I mean, it was hilarious, it was insightful, inspirational. And the next day, I got to tell you that when I was in the gym, I could hear both you and David Seal screaming in my ears. And I pumped out like a—I think I did uh, 200 push-ups that day, which is more than I've ever done in one day. <laughs> also, I love it. Also love made it. me think you are crazy for some of that stuff, <laughs> but I love it. Well, you know, Dave. David would say if you did 200, you had 280 in you. Exactly. So I want to get to the book here um, in a second, but. You know, it's it's weird. There's so much I want to talk to you about. I could literally spend hours chatting with you because you brought
0: up so many uh, ideas and concepts. Tell me a little bit more about the journey. Well, a, a, like a lot of things that have happened to me in my life, this particular thing where I live with this Navy SEAL was not planned. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw him at a race. It was a relay race that I was doing, a 24-hour race. You run as many miles as you can in 24 hours. And I was part of a six-person team. We were rotating who would, you know, each guy would run a mile. And this guy to my left had no team. He was running the entire race himself. And the race was self-supported. So you had to bring all your own supplies. Um, the, The race didn't provide anything. And we had, you know, bananas and Gatorade and tents and chairs and everything. And this guy who was about 270 pounds had a bottle of water, a bag of crackers and a fold up chair. That's it. So I was, I was so blown away by his size and like he just had nothing. He just sat there. He looked angry. And by mile 70, he had broken all the small bones in both of his feet because of his weight. And I watched this guy finish the last 30 miles. He ran a hundred on just pure guts and, and just drive. And I was so inspired and intrigued that I wanted to learn more about this guy. I Googled him. I learned he was a Navy SEAL. I cold called him and I just flew out to meet him. And, and literally You know, Brad, I sat with him for like 10 minutes and it just like a thought popped into my head, like my life would be so much better. I'd be more disciplined, I could be more productive, I learn more about myself, whatever, all the buckets in my life would be better if a little of what he had rubbed off on me and I asked him out of nowhere to come live with me and my wife and my family for 31 days for a month. And uh, so, so that—that's awesome. that, how it started. Were, were you a little
1: bit? Were you a little bit scared? Going, what
0: am I going What am I getting myself into here? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, you're like, I didn't have time to be scared because three days later he was at my breakfast table. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, and at you know to answer one of your questions in the beginning, you know, like where was I in my life? I, I, I was in a great pl- place in my life. I was happy. I was married. I still am. I had sold a, a, um, a business. I had success, but I was in a routine. You know, like we all tend to just kind of go into autopilot at yeah. different times in our life. And, you know, I don't know what triggered it with me, but I was doing this and I had a great routine. I was doing it the same thing every day. Wake up, run, work out, go to work, family, dinner, boom, repeat. And but I, and routines are great, but I wasn't getting better. I was just stuck. I was comfortable and I couldn't I didn't have the power to get out of it. So I needed something like this to just completely shake up my life. And part of what, you know, part of it was I wanted to get in great shape and I wanted to be pushed physically, but that was obvious. He's a Navy SEAL and his backstory is unbelievable. I can share that, but he, you know, he is an amazing, amazing endurance athlete, but he wasn't always like that. He weighed 300 pounds. He had low self-esteem as a kid at of high school. He turned his life around and, um, so I wanted to get out of my routine and, and 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 I wanted to get the psychological side of it. Like what makes a guy like this tick? Where was that drive that I saw at mile 70? Like where did that come from and how do I incorporate that into business deals, into training, into my personal life? So that's that's what I signed up for and I just went in, you know, with no expectation other than hoping to find some answers. Yeah, so... How did it uh, – how has it transpired?
1: Like the, the, the stories and the journey that you took, I mean I was, I was with you the whole time. But at the same time, I was so happy that I wasn't doing it with you. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, you know, you actually didn't talk about as much. I thought you would have talked about more of like – if it was my book, I would have complained a lot more going, oh my god. <laughs> I am going to die. I was like, man, this guy has got a pretty good attitude through all this. <laughs> when he I does. know. Well,
0: you know, he – it's it's one thing to read about inspiration, I like to say, but like to live with inspiration is such a different thing. And, you know, again, going back to his backstory, Navy SEAL, 20 plus years, you know, has done so much stuff for our country, been through so much, been through Hell Week, been through, been deployed, you know, been in the coldest water and the hottest temperatures and all that stuff. I, I'm going to complain like I can't do 100 push. You know what I mean? like Yeah. I just didn't have there was no wiggle room for that. Puts it into perspective. How how is it how has it
1: affected you now? Because this was a few years ago that you did this, right?
0: It was, and you know, it. It. I got out of it what I, and and that's why I wrote the book because you know it started out as a blog. I wanted my friends to follow along. What I thought would just be the training side of it. You know, like here's the run we did today. Here's the workout we did. Try to follow along or just laugh at it or whatever. But what really was interesting. Was that whole psychological side, and that was the takeaway for me. Like you know, I got out of my routine. I learned he gave me all these, all this wisdom and nuggets. But, but to me, I think the biggest takeaway was, you know, I thought I was operating at a really high level, Brad. You know, I was, I was running a lot. I was focused. My business life was 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 great. Every all all it was all good. But I, but I, and I thought I was maxed out, high level maxed out. And he taught me that we all have so much more in us. And the way he did it, it happened you know, early on in our journey. Literally the first 10 minutes that he was there, we went down to the gym and he said he wanted to see how many pull-ups I could do. And I did eight. And he said, all right, drop down, wait 30 seconds and try it again. And I got like maybe six. And he said, all right, wait 30 seconds and do it again. And I barely, you know, like kicking my legs, got like three or four. And I was done. My arms hurt. I was just... I just, you know, this is done. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, all right, well, we're not leaving until you do a hundred more. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Right. When you're and talking I, about it. And I said to him, like, you know, you're kidding, right? That's that's physically impossible. And and he said, you know what? You know, and he, he said, I'm going to show you how a lot of the limitations you're putting on yourself, you're setting those limitations. And I'm going to prove to you that, you know, a lot of this stuff is self-imposed. And I sat there and he goes, I don't care if you're doing one at a time, go do a hundred. And two hours later or whatever it was, I did, I finished. And he proved to me that, you know, three things. One, we are, you know, God, I I convinced myself I couldn't do it. It is self-imposed. Two, we all have this reserve tank. And when we think we're done, we have so much more in us. And he would say, three, he called it the 40% rule that when, you know, at the first time, uh, or indication of pain or discomfort our brain Im- immediately sends a signal for us to stop because it doesn't want us to get hurt or whatever but that's really just a tap on the shoulder that we have 60% more in us
1: yeah man that's a that's a quote in there that really stuck with me and yeah. um, both when i'm in the gym and both and when i'm working and you know it's maybe it's midnight and my eyes are burning but i have stuff i've got to do and you know like as an entrepreneur sometimes you just have to push through and get things done
0: um, and it works and it does it, it works when I when I whisper that that's a theme song that runs through my head and it could be as simple as like I, I'm in traffic and I'm about to freak out because I just can't handle it I'll just remind myself I'm like you know what you have way more patience than this Jesse. <laughs> you know, like you,
1: I guess you it goes everywhere up. right it's not just how much endurance you have yeah physically right. it's emotionally too. how much
0: right So I I, I use that. I use that a lot. I am forcing myself to do things I don't want to do. So like, I'm I'm forcing myself to do things that make me uncomfortable in all in all areas of my life. And you know that's that's such an important element to getting to improving. You know, if you're not willing to to get uncomfortable or experience pain or failure or whatever, you're never going to get better. And you know, part of our routine was every day doing something that sucked. You know, he would wake up and be like, "You know, every day we're going to do something that just sucks that you don't want to do. And what he was really doing was he was raising my – my kind of re- resetting my set point. He was taking the, the, the baseline that I operated on as far as mental toughness or whatever and every day he was raising it. And- right.
1: And also redefining your definition of what sucks because you may think, oh, man, I've got to sit down and do some taxes today. <laughs> no, that doesn't suck. Running 10 miles and doing – uh, 200 push-ups, and th- that sucks.
0: Right. But, you know, they both suck. You know, we, we procrastinate. We put stuff off. But, you know, and that doesn't do us any good. So sometimes you just got to just step up and be like, it sucks, but I'm going to do it. And, and you feel better. And that's when you feel most alive. You know, the harder the challenge, the more you're doing stuff that you hate to do, uh, the more rewarding it is.
1: You talked about some really interesting ways of getting your foot in the door in your career. Uh, and I, I would love for you to share some of those stories a little bit more. Like you were talking about when you first got your first rap deal and when, um, you know, and I heard you talk about the Marquee Jets yep. deal a little bit. Yep. What is, what to you was the biggest door you got your foot in, in your life?
0: You know, early on, it's all been a process. Yeah. So it's all it's all been like a ladder. One step leads to the next step, leads to the next step, mm-hmm. and um, so and I'm still going through doors that lead to new adventures and new journeys. You know, um, I, the the Marquee Jet door was a big door for me financially, mm-hmm. and it was a bigger platform. I wouldn't have gotten there if I didn't, you know, finagle my way into the record executive's uh, room and get a record deal. So it's all been a process. That is true. It's all interconnected, right? It's all interconnected, and you know I I've never I've always had a movie in my head about where I wanted to be at the end of the day, but I never had a script. I've always been filling in the script as I go along. Like I always knew I wanted to have independence, have a house, kids, all that stuff, and I've had some goals that I've had or whatever. I had no idea how I was going to get there. So I've always, you know, I knew the finish line. I just had to fill in the kind of the script to get to the finish line. And the common theme for me has just been that I've never had any past experience in anything that I've gone into. A lot of it hasn't been planned. So I've experienced experience in past experience in aviation or private aviation or, you know, living with an ABC, writing a book. Any of this has all been a process. And it's all been, you know, kind of getting my foot in the door and and calling audibles, figuring it out as I go to get to that finish line, and a lot and and a lot of it has been, um, you know, Brad just like getting a tap on my shoulder um, from myself or from my gut and telling me that I'm a little bit off course. So a lot of times I've I've, I've been in the like music. I got a record deal when I was 22 years old. I I couldn't. I sent out 100 cassettes, and I'm, when I grew up, it was cassettes. Yeah, same here. So I had sent out, like most people in those days, 100 cassettes to every record executive on the planet. I didn't get one single call back, and I realized I had to do some, just do it differently if this was going to work for me. I really wanted to get into the music business, and I ended up calling a label out west called Delicious Vinyl. And when I got the founder's assistant or secretary on the line, through a lot of confusion, she thought I was an an, an artist that was out. Um, a popular artist in hip hop, and scheduled a meeting for me, thinking that I was this artist. So that's how I got my foot in the door. And then I went to met with this guy, and he was confused, and I continued to confuse him. But I ended up getting a deal.
1: Yeah, sounds like so, it sounds like you kind of live by the "let's ask forgiveness rather than permission" motto that so many right. of us do, right? Yeah, let's yeah, get no, in no, there and no, figure, no, figure it out.
0: Get in there and figure it out. And you know, I ended up becoming great friends with this guy. And and that was my first foot in the door. But a lot of my a lot of what's happened to me in my life has been, um, you know, getting my foot in the door and then getting a tap on my shoulder and saying, you know what? I didn't do great in the music world. My record didn't sell the way I thought it was. I didn't, you know, I I couldn't retire after putting out a record. In fact, I needed a job. So, um, you know, I was just I, I just realized that I was just off course a little bit. That I wanted to stay in music, but maybe it wasn't it wasn't as a traditional artist. Maybe there's a different lane for me to go. And and that I changed course. I started doing jingles. I started doing sports theme songs for sports teams. And I opened up a whole new world of opportunity. And ultimately, the next chapter of my life, which was sports music, a category that I basically created and started a company uh, around doing theme songs for, for teams and sold it to a public company. So you never know where it's going, but you got to get started. You got to get your foot in the-
1: I couldn't agree more with you. I've kind of thought of myself in, in the past, and I, I think I would probably define you as this as kind of an an opportuner. So, so you, you know, you find you realize and you see the opportunities abound, Absolutely. and then you bring your entrepreneurial skills to that, whether or not they you know you've got experience or, God forbid, credentials in that area. I've done a lot of the same things. I mean, I've been involved in so many different businesses now, just. And I'm not as motivated by money as I am by a challenge. And if I think it's going to be fun and exciting to work in, and if it's something that I can do well, whether or not I have any uh, skills in that area, I'll either develop them or I've come to realize that I don't need to know everything as long as I know the people who do. So relationships have been really important to me and building those and nurturing those. And one of the things I, I don't know if this was in your book, but I definitely read about it or heard about it in one of your podcasts, either with Jordan or... Um, or another one where you talked about you, had a, you were pretty intentional writing notes to people, handwritten notes, and uh, just staying in contact with your circle of influence. Can you touch on that a little bit more about you know, what you did there? Because it didn't just happen by accident, it doesn't sound like.
0: In your 20s, when you come out of college or whatever, um, the people, but in your 30s, they're in positions of power. And it was so important for me to stay in contact with people in my 20s because in my 30s when I needed stuff, my friends were the decision makers and you know, the guys that worked in the mail room are now the guys that control the boardroom. So for me, a, you know, I had a thing I would always write every day. I was writing 10 personal letters that I would mail out to people to stay in contact, which is 3000 people plus a year. And it could be anything from, you know, I appreciate what you did. It was just authentic. It could just be a friend. I appreciate, you know, what you did for me. I enjoyed going to the Nick game with you, whatever it was, but it just helped me build this amazing network. Authentic network, and um, and that became really important when we started Marquee Jet, and we had to build our c- customer base. I had these, you know, three thousand people, x amount of years that I could tap into to spread the word, and you know, a lot of the stuff that I've done, I've been able to do it organically through this network. Cost.
1: Yeah, that's that's absolutely brilliant, and it, it, but it just shows that you know, success is intentional. You you, you didn't just luck into. This stuff you put, you put a lot of the work behind the scenes in to make those relationships happen, and I think that's awesome and they, they come back they they come back to serve you. I remember you were talking about how um you know your relationship with the, the story with fifty cent kind of came back yeah. around
0: yeah i mean fifty fifty came into my office through a friend he needed a job and um I was doing sports writing sports theme songs for sports teams. He was helping me because there was so much to do, and um you know, he had a partner named Kason. They were doing rap stuff, and I loved Kason. I thought Kason was super talented. I signed Kason, and then uh, Curtis became Fifty Cent. But fast forward. But you, you didn't sign. Later,
1: you didn't sign Fitty, did you?
0: Did not. And <laughs> obviously, I don't have a good ear for music talent, so I'm not. You know, that's why I got out of that business. <laughs> but um, but the cool part of the story is years later, when he when came, you know, a best selling artist and all that stuff. I got a list of people that every day at Marquee Jet, we would get a manifest of who was flying on the planes. And so he was a guest on a plane. So I sent him a note. I said, 50, you're never going to believe this. It's Jesse from Alphabet City, which was the company that he interned with our company. And uh, I said, you're on one of our planes. We, you know, uh, My partner and I started this company and da da da. dah. And it's super cool way just to kind of go around this story. Um, the next day he had his rider that he was only going to fly with Marquee Jet. It just shows you the power of loyalty that you never know who's going to be who or what's going to be what. And, um, you know, do the right thing and the right thing comes back.
1: Switching tracks a little bit, I heard you say on, um, or I read this on an interview that you did where um, you said that, you know, about you professionally, what you do. And you said, we find information about a niche and whether we started ourselves or not, we're bringing our entrepreneurial spirit and marketing savvy to those brands. Is that something, and I know you've got your. the hundred mile group and the you know a lot of the different businesses that you work in is that something you're doing right now with companies, whether it's incubating them, advising them, investing in them and uh, you know, i've seen a lot, but what can you tell me about what you're doing professionally now
0: yeah i mean I, I always set my eyes out for stuff that I like that you know and i I look at the world, I go into a supermarket, I study shelves, I like to see what's trending what's new what's you know what's on the rise. Um, so i 'm always looking for opportunity i 'm doing less of it now I got four kids and i 'm trying to just invest in my own projects like this book and stuff that I love to do but um you know if something comes along that that i 'm a customer of i think I can help move the needle and accelerate it for the brand um, and I can get involved early on then i i 'm always interested
1: that 's great so is there anything you 're doing right now besides you know promoting the book and you know, playing with the kids and the marriage and all that. Is there anything you, right now you're working on that you're particularly excited about, or uh, I am.
0: You know, not, nothing that's launched, but I mean, you know, one thing that I think I'm doing now is, in in the past when I was younger, I dove into stuff, you know, foot in the door first, figured out later, and now I'm just trying to take a little bit more time, just because I'm doing less, I have less time.
1: You know, there's so many other things that you know I would love to ask you and um, pick your brain on. Are there? One of them is, are, is, are you going to invite anybody else to live with you for a month and <laughs> challenge like that?
0: I am. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this as a series, as a five book series. I think Just that's where awesome. I can live with other interesting people. Yeah. So I have a couple of ideas. I want to live with the Rolling Stones. They just they don't know that yet. But <laughs> that's something on my radar. And uh, I want to live with a monk. Nice. I think it would be really cool to not, you know, he can look at me and I can look at him and see what I learn about myself and um, so I'm open for other suggestions
1: uh, that, that would be so cool it's kind, it's very similar to, almost like what Morgan Spurlock did when he did Super Size Me and then he did other things uh, I don't know if you paid attention to his TV series when he did that of but yeah That's so cool. that is really really cool um, well Jesse this has been uh, this has been a blast I can't tell you how much fun I've had and I look forward to uh, staying connected with you and you know who knows maybe there's something you know, little an opportunity they'll turn up someday down the road between us, and we'll say, "Yeah, hey, it all started on, you know, on this podcast." Because you never know. Um,
0: that would be great, Brad. I appreciate it, man.
1: Absolutely. So, for everybody listening, the link to Jesse's book will be in the show notes. Living with a Seal. You absolutely have to go get it, and then follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Also, those will be in the show notes. And until next time. Keep on listening to the show. Share it with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. I read every single one of them. And Jesse, thank you very much.
0: Appreciate it, Brad. I'll be in touch. All right. So that's the show
1: and I hope you guys learned a lot. I hope that it was insightful for you. I hope you go get the book, Living with a Seal, uh, 31 Days Training with the Toughest Man on the Planet. And I hope you let me know what you think uh, or thought about it. By the way, if you have any books, send them to me at askbrad at baconwrapbusiness.com. Once more, in the beginning of the show, I told you about Stiletto Coffee. And it's an amazing coffee. You don't have to be a woman to drink it. Every single woman will love it. But check out stilettocoffee.com. Use the coupon code BACON. And now, if you want some uh, extra insight on the business aspects of this, about how Kenya and I uh, launched the coffee company and how we're already having some really good success. Just um, make sure that you email me at askbrad at baconwrapbusiness dot com. Uh, just put stiletto in the uh, in the subject line. I'll make sure you're added to the special list. Where I'm going to be doing a webinar where we break down the entire strategy of everything we did. But that's only for my newsletter subscribers. If you're not subscribed to the newsletter, you will not. Um, you will not get that. So, but you can subscribe. Just send me an email to askbrad at, at and that'll take care of it. Till next time, see you later.